शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतन की जय श्री ब्रह्मार्य गीत की जय घोर भक्त वृंद की जय घोर प्रेमानंद हरी हरि वो सो गुड मॉर्निंग टू ऑल ऑफ यू प्रणाम वेलकम एंड इट्स माय जॉय एंड ग्रेट फॉर्चून टू बी शेयरिंग एन एसोसिएशन विथ ऑल ऑफ यू continuing at our series of study of the shri brahmar gita the song of the bumblebee one of the main songs of the whole bhagavatam we could speak about six main songs sung by the gopis like as we know venu gita pranay gita gopi gita jugal gita biraha gita and this brahmar gita is some form of height of these songs were the divine madness in separation of sri radha is discussed presented in the bhagavat so today we are in our ninth uh, meeting ninth session we will be studying the fourth fourth verse of brahma gita which corresponds with the 15th verse of the 47th chapter of the 10th canto of the grantaraj bhagavat puran but as usual let's begin by sharing some brief summary recap of what we were discussing last week uh third verse of the brahmar gita when shri radha speaks to the bumblebee saying oh be why do you sing here so much about jadupati the lord of the jadus in front of us gopis homeless people these topics are all news to us better you go and sing about that friend of arjuna in front of his new girlfriends in mathura of course the burning desire in whose breasts he has now relived those ladies will surely give you the charity you are begging so in this verse shri radha insults basically abuses the v by telling him many things beginning to with the concept of sadangri you are a six-legged animal so you are an animal and a half animals are full by nature and the more legs they have the, the foolish they are the more full they are so you are real full foolish <laughs> fully foolish <laughs> and therefore you are not too intelligent and what's the proof of that the point is that you are coming and singing about the wrong topic to the wrong audience in the wrong place in the wrong moment no criterion whatsoever you are and singing so much not only wrong in, in quality in the topic but in quantity you are singing so much about the wrong topic you're speaking about krishna which is puran all story for us and you are doing iha here says in the wrong place in braj which is immersed in, in the mystery of separation and you are singing about jadupati he's the, the master of the jadus she rather refers to krishna with names that correspond with his lila outside of braj jadupati bijaisaka so he's the lord of the jadus better you go and sing about all those things to whom he is protecting now I and mean, his jadupati go to the jadus go to mathura not to us homeless people uncivilized lady from the forest not even from the village at this point but from the forest and on on top of this basically shirada says you are singing wrong topics in a wrong place with wrong dash deshakala patra time place circumstance but on top of that you want a gift in exchange you are begging for some charity from us vishwanath chakrabarti paraphrases shirada 
saying, we won't give you even a handful of chickpeas because you are doing everything wrong from tip to toe. <laughs> so after abusing the bumblebee and therefore Krishna in this way, and in, in the context of this Uddha, of course, as well, <laughs> Sri Radha points to where the bumblebee should go, pointing to Mathura and saying, you should go to Mathura, go to the Mathura ladies who are now so satisfied, so happy with Krishna. So they will... They obtain their, re their reward they wanted, they have Krishna, so they will give, reward you with whatever you like. Hmm? Sri Radha doesn't mention Krishna directly, but she in this case will refer to him as Bijaya Saka, hmm? which is a name, again, of Krishna outside of the Braj. Bijaya Saka generally is interpreted as friends, friend of, uh, of the Bijaya, of the victor one, Arjuna. Hmm? Generally in Braj, if Krishna will receive a name connected to Sakya, he will be known as Subal Saka or something like this. But he is not in Braj anymore, so she's, he's called Vijay Saka. And interestingly, as we mentioned, at this point in Mathura Lila, Krishna has not met Arjuna yet. So Shirad is showing omniscience by not naming Krishna Vijay Saka. Omniscience, which is one aspect of her being Swayam Bhagavati, Krishna is Swayam Bhagavan, she is Swayam Bhagavati, omniscience comes on the surface, one of the uh, Aishvarya aspects of her side, which come in Viraha, in separation sometimes, as we will see in next verses in the Brahma Gita, Shirada will refer to Krishna as acknowledging he has so many avatars and all that, but she will do all that only in the context of lovingly criticize him and increasing her intimacy to him. So even when, when Aishvarya comes in the context of the life of the Brajabhasis, especially in separation, all those items only serve to nourish their madhurya or their intimacy with him. Or also, Bijay Saka, apart from meaning friend of Arjuna, refers to Krishna, who is being defeated in the battle of love by his friends or his girlfriends in Mathura. Saka could refer to Sakis, to his friends in Mathura, the Mathura ladies, and Bijay means they are being victorious over him in the battle of Cupid. So with all this, Sri Radha is showing a particular set of emotions which all of them properly combined make for the type of delirious talk called Bijalpa. Remember, there are ten types of Chitra Jalpa or mad talks and each one of these ten uh, is depicted clearly in each one of the ten verses of the Brahman Gita. Sri Rupa Goswami establishes this in his Ujjval Nilamani when he describes Chitra Jalpa, and for each one of those types, he quotes each one of these verses from Brahma Gita. So in this particular verse, the Chitra Jalpa exhibited is Bijalpa, which according to Sri Rupa means, refers to a sarcastic speech, which criticizes Krishna, which openly expresses jealousy, while at the same time conceals the angry pride in one's heart. So again, all this... Uh, unbecoming attributes in the life of the sadaka, here we find again them being expressed in their topmost full form, making full circle hmm, and arriving to Braj and finding, oh, all those things that as a sadaka I rejected, now they appear here again, but in the context of the highest prem. Hmm. So we also ended our lecture mentioning how Udab, who sometimes has some type of devotional pride, if you will, considering himself so dear to Krishna, so close, so such a great devotee, Krishna himself says, you are dear, more dear to me than my own life, but his pride here is totally crushed, hmm? becomes ashes in, in, the, in front of the gopis' love, Brajavasi's love, hmm? Hmm? The, 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 the extreme 
lamentation and separation that they are exhibiting. All of this is revealed to us by the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is teaching us, we mentioned also, not only how to cry for Krishna, but also how Krishna is crying for his devotees in perfect reciprocation. Even though the Bhagavatam will mainly concentrate on showing how the gopis or the gopas, the brajabhasis and other devotees cry for Krishna, and it's not concentrating so much on how Krishna is crying for them, as it is clearly shown in texts like uh, Udab Sandesh or Brihad Bhagavatamrita and so on. We know that Krishna says, Yeyatmam Prapadyantitam Stataya I reciprocate according to how every devotee approaches me, to how every devotee cries for me. They cry for me in this way, I cry for them in the same way. I reciprocate accordingly, or at least in the case, especially of the gopis, I try to reciprocate as much as I can, even though I remain eternally adapter in front of their love. Hmm? So, in this way, indirectly, the Bhagavatam is showing how Krishna is also crying for them. And we conclude our previous meeting uh, emphasizing how relevant for us in our particular stage to find the particular type of separation we should embrace according to our present adhikar. By, by hearing all this gradually, we will getting closer and closer to identify that and to reach further stages of separation, to learn to cry in more comprehensive ways, sustainable, realistic way for Krishna entering into this fire of separation. Sometimes the example is given all the goldsmith that puts the gold in the fire so the fullest bright brilliance and purity of the gold appears. So similarly, gradually, by properly embracing separation, all the pure potential of everyone will come. And in the case, of course, of the need to see that Brajabhasis, they do not need separation to increase their love for Krishna. But that separation, that fire, showcases and shows very clearly which is the purity of their love, which sometimes in the context of some bog or union may be misunderstood as pure selfish enjoyment or whatever. But in separation, it becomes overtly clear what's the purity of that gold of Prem they have. So that's some ideas we shared in our previous meeting. So today we will continue again, as I mentioned, with verse number 4, which is verse four, 15 in the context of the 47th chapter of 10th Kant. But before going to the verse in itself, let's briefly mention some connection between each verse, because according to our Acharyas, one verse takes to the other, and in between each verse there are some words maybe mentioned by the bumblebee, which will take rather to say what she says in each succeeding verse. So in this case, <clears throat> according to Sridhar Swami, the famous ancient commentator of the Bhagavad, the bumblebee is saying to Srirada, my dear mother, don't speak like this. Remembering you, Krishna has become agitated by the flower arrows of Cupid, and he has sent me to deliver you the following message to you. So before the bumblebee can say anything else, Shirada will reply with the following verse, today's verse. So I will share the verse with you in the chat here in Zoom, and I request one of you, if possible, can share the, the same verse in the thread, in the Facebook thread, please. So it says like this, I'll recite it first in Sanskrit and then we go to the English. <clears throat> Kapataruchira has a brew, be dream, bashaja shoe. 
चारानरजौपस्ते यूतिर्बा चक्रीपान पक्षीयुतम श्लोक शब्दांसलेशन सेस इन हेवन ऑन एर्थ और इन दबरानियन स्फीयर वट वोमन आर अनबेलेबल टू हिम ही सिंपली आर्चस हिज आईब्रोस and smiles with deceptive charm and they all become his the supreme goddess herself worships his dust, the dust of his feet so what is our position in comparison but at least those who are wretched can chant his name uttama shloka so this is rather speaking to the bumble in this fourth verse and reply to the suggestion that according to Sridhar Swami the bumblebee may say tell her that Krishna is actually agitated by you he suffers in separation from you which is real as we mentioned which is a fact the bumblebee is not lying in this case but in the ecstasy of her separation she rather won't, won't accept that idea and will reply like she did here so let's go to the word by word meaning of this verse and then trying to unpack its context somehow or other <clears throat> So first line say divi bhuvi char sayam kastriyas tad durapa so divi bhuvi char sayam so on on in the heaven divi means the plan the plane of the devas divine plane heavenly region swarga bhuvi means bhuma bhumi lands earth our planet earth char means also or and and rasayam refers to the subterranean sphere of the lower planetary system sometimes called so in these three spheres of existence kastriyasta durapa kastriya ka means what striyas means woman tat refers to him by to krishna by krishna and durapa means unobtainable or unavailable in other words which ladies are unavailable for him in any of these three spheres in every part of the of the earth she rather here speaks as a earthling if you will of course not identify like supreme goddess or something by speaking from his own vantage point on earth but also referring to the higher planets the lower planets in other words the question is every woman actually she wants to say every woman is available to him <clears throat> and then she continues to explain why this is so in the second line why every lady is totally available to krishna kapata ruchira hasa bhru bichrimbhasya yasyu So she starts with the word kapata. So kapata means like deceptive. Ruchira, charming. Hasa refers to his smiles, his Krishna's smiles. Bru, whose eyebrows. So she refers to these two directions: Krishna's smile, Krishna's eyebrows, and qualifies them by saying kapata ruchira. They are deceptive and charming. Bichrimbasya also qualifies the eyebrows, arching. arching eyebrows like act as an uh as a thrower of arrows if you will as a bow if you will and then she says jashu hmm? ja means who and shu means become hmm? so the idea basically is he arches his eyebrows hmm? and he smiles with this deceptive charm and that's all all they all these ladies you become his And then she continues to strengthen her point by invoking the presence of Sri Mati Lakshmi Devi, which she also did in some previous verses, and, and will continue to do so. So she says, "Charana Raja Upaste Yasya Bhutir 
Bayamka. So you say Charana means feet. Raj has to do with dust in this case. Upashte has to do with Upashana, worships. So the dust of his feet are worshipped. Yasya means whose. Whose dust of his feet is worshipped by whom? Bhutihi. Bhutihi is the name of Lakshmi Devi. Patma, she was named in another verse. The wife of Narayan. Bayamka. So, Bayamka Bayam means we and Ka means who. Implying, if even the Supreme Goddess, the topmost epitome of chastity, Srimati Lakshmi, Mahalakshmi Devi, is taking the position of worshipping the dust of his feet. So, Bayamka, who are we in comparison? What, which is our position in comparison to her? And the last line hmm, presents one more ingredient to this type of particular Chitrajalpa, which says, Apicha Kripanapakshi Hiyutamashloka Shabda. Hmm. So, Apicha means nevertheless, hmm, Kripanapakshi, hmm, for those who are Kripana or wretched, wretched, Utamashloka, he Utamashloka, he means indeed, Utamashloka is the name of Krishna that Shirada used many times already, he who is praised by the highest most selected poetry, Shabdaha, in this case means the name. So at least for those who are wretched, the, his name is available, Utama Shloka. So this is the um, explicit meaning of the verse, the most external, if you will, interpretation of the words. Of course, all of these, each of these syllables and words and letters have many implied meanings and implicit uh, ideas. So we will try to unpack something of that. So let's begin with some words by Sridhar Swami again. Let's begin with the, let's say, most ancient commentator revered by Mahaprabhu himself in our tradition. So he kind of paraphrases Sridhar and repeats the whole idea of the verse as a way of also ourselves doing a recap of it. So he says, whatever woman, paraphrasing Sridhar, whatever woman are there in the heavens or the earth or in the subterranean, uh, regions, which of them are hard to get for him? And of course, again, the implication says Sri Swami is none of them is hard to get for him. He can get them very quickly. And why? He whose arch of the eyebrows contains a deceptively charming smile. Interestingly, here he refers to his eyebrows as a smiling. He doesn't speak of the smile as something different from the eyebrows. But Krishna's eyebrows, when they are arced, arcing themselves, that's like they are smiling. They are containing messages. All of Krishna's bodily organs can perform the function of others. So he can smile with his eyebrows, he can see with his ears, he can speak with his touch, and so on. Um, also, Sri Radha implies, according to Sri Swami, his lotus feet, to add to this furthermore, furthermore, his lotus feet are served not only by ladies from these three spheres of the material realm, because still if you speak about Swarga, Bhumi, Patala, Rasatala, whatever, all this is material existence, but now we are speaking about Vaikuntha, let's go to Vaikuntha for a moment, and Krishna's feet, or his, the dust of his feet, even more, if you will, insignificant in one sense, regarding the analogy, it's served by the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi Devi, we are going to Vaikuntha. So what are we to him? That's the implication of Sri Radha here. But even though this is so, still for a wretched, pitiful person, there still remains the word, Utama Shloka. And this, according to Sridhar Swami, implies 
Shirad is telling to the Bumble, you should chant his name. Like implying, we won't chant his name, but you can chant his name. <laughs> so now let's go a little bit more to the systematic uh, explanation of this verse given to begin with by our Goswamis in, in his classical commentar commentaries like Sanatan Goswami in his Brihad Vaishnav Toshani and Srila Jiva Goswami in his Lagu Vaishnav Toshani as well as his um, Krama Sandarbha and Gupal Shampu. And then we will conclude with Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's uh, Salarta Darshani Tika. <clears throat> so according to Srila Sanatan Prabhu, Sri Radha is saying, in all the three words, what woman is unavailable to him again? Or another implication that Sanatan Goswami means that by this Sri Radha implies all women should be unavailable to him. By asking this according to Srila Sanat and Goswami, but Shira is saying that. Not, not only is she saying everyone is available to him, but she's also further saying no woman should be unavailable available to him. All of them should be unavailable because he's such a kapata, kaitava, such a cheater. We know the consequences of that. So Sanat and Goswami said, by this Shira is showing disrespect for Sri Hari. And again, we have to bear in mind for us as sadhakas, we are taught to not offend Bhagavan, not disrespect him and so on, but here we are finding full circle where all the things are becoming, become most becoming if they come from the lips, lotus lips of someone like Sri Radha Mahabharata Sarupini. So according to Sanatan Prabhu, Sri Radha continues saying, <clears throat> speaking to the bumblebee, not only you are worshipping him, but wherever there are young women, they fall under his control. And what's the reason for that? He's moving his eyebrows while smiling attractively, full of deception. His smile, his eyebrows, whatever movements he has in his bodily organs, all is like fully impregnated, fully pervaded by deception. Mm. And the bumblebee may reply to this according to Sanatan Prabhu, why you are saying that? I mean, I have the proof that he's not a deceptive, deceptive person because the most beautiful and chaste of all ladies, Silakshmi Devi, she's worshipping Krishna's dust of his feet, the dust of his feet. Again, she's taking such a menial position to serve the dust, not even his feet, but the dust. She served, she's known for serving the, the feet of Narayan in Vaikuntha. But in relation to Krishna, she's serving the dust. Of his feet, because she cannot, she didn't attain, as we know, the feet of Krishna. She wanted to enter Rasa Lila in Braj, she was not able. So she remained in Braj, performing tapasya, and somehow or other entering in touch with the dust, the Brajarash, the dust of Braj, which is the dust of Krishna's feet. So if the bumblebee gives this argument, Krishna is not a cheater because Lakshmi herself is worshipping the dust of his feet, Sri will say, well, if Lakshmi chooses to worship the dust of Krishna's feet, let her do that. What is that to us? She's just one among many of us. So according to Sanatana Prabhu here, Sri Radha is showing pride and hatred towards Krishna in the context of divine love, but also disrespect towards Lakshmi, as she did previously, and she has the right to do so, no problem. Lakshmi is Sri Radha's partial expansion, <laughs> so she can speak in those terms ecstatically. Shirada continues according to Sri Sanatan Prabhu, for helping the miserable, there is only the name or fame of Uttama Shlok. So now comes the, the meaning of this last line. 
because he ignores the miserable, his fame, hmm, which causes his name, and this and so many people singing to him, Uttama Shloka means he's praised by so many, but by him not acting according to his name, his famous Uttama Shloka is destroyed. So one should not sing about him. That's the idea of Sanatan Goswami. Yes, he's called Uttama Shloka, and people chant his name and praise him, but actually Uttama Shloka means he's praised by most exalted poetry, but why he's praised, someone is praised with the topmost verses, because that person is a friend to the wretched. But he's not acting like a friend of the wretched people. We are suffering so much in wretched, he's doing nothing for us. So he's... He, he doesn't deserve such a name, Shri place, in loving anger. He's miser or a cruel person. Here the word Kripanapaksha in this verse, which journalists understood in relation to those who are wretched. Hmm? Sri, Sri Sanatan Goswami puts it in the context of Radha, referring to Krishna as he is a cruel person. Kripana means miser also. Hmm? Because why? Because he's not giving happiness by showing himself. He's not appearing, he's not following his promise, I will return. And therefore, his name, Uttama Shloka, is false. So only his, the biased servants he has will call him by that name. So again, Shirad is criticizing Krishna with hatred. But again, indirectly, remember, she's, she loves Krishna in Parakiyabab. Parakiyabab, romantic love, is indirect. All the things are saying in a, in a roundabout way. To actually, what she's saying through all these things is, Krishna, come to us right now. We need you. We want to serve you. We want to give ourselves from tip to toe for your pleasure. That's all that Shirad is actually saying to Krishna in separation. But externally, it takes the forms of apparently the opposite, something else. Or one last idea that Sanatana Goswami gives in connection to this last line is that Shirada will say, she's, since he's known as Uttama Shloka, one should not ignore him. He's the best of all people. So interestingly here Sanatana Goswami gives the opposite meaning where Shurada is praising Krishna, glorifying him because that happens also in the ecstasy of her divine madness. In one verse she will be criticizing, insulting Krishna and, and some other verses after as we will see in future verses of Brahma Gita Shurada will praise Krishna and glorify his qualities. So coming from one side to the other of course all of this is in the context all these changes of moods referred, are, are there because of Unmad or madness. In, in next verses, that will be even more explicit. So Sanatan Goswami gives a hint of what will, will come more explicitly in the next verses by interpreting this last line according to some different possible meaning. So going to Srila Jiva Goswami, he will present, of course, some similar ideas that his senior, Sanatan Prabhu, but also he will, of course, present his own contribution. So... He mentioned that here Shirada will give up her pretense of anger because of the nature of Unmad and will act as a Kalahanta. Kalahanta means a remorseful woman after her lover has left. This is one Kalahantarita, one symptom of divine madness, madness in a reaction in, in divine separation, romantic love. The lover has left for whatever reason and the lady maybe acted in such a way in man or some other mood of jealousy. And the lover left, so she repents for acting like that, now that the lover is not there. So Jiva Goswami points in this direction. By saying, what is our position, by Radha saying that in this verse, Jiva Goswami mentions she is speaking of service while accepting the lowest position. 
So with humility, she's lamenting. She has no chance of being there with Krishna. Or, that's one possibility, but the most usual interpretation of this verse, and Jiva Goswami also will go there, is this verse can be taken as an expression of Radha's anger. Again, anger, not as we know it, but anger not in the context of Maya Shakti, anger out, coming out as a result of divine exalted Pram. So the bumblebee may argue to Shirada, as Sridhar Swami mentioned before, if he is so deceptive, why you were not careful about his deceptiveness? But Shirada will deny fault on her part, Srila Jiva Goswami says, and she will say, well, we had given up Krishna, we have been given up by Krishna. We, we didn't give gave up here, we have been given up by him, and which was the reason we were totally bewildered by him, like but some type of magical power, if you will. And then it's when she speaks about his smile and his eyebrows. So Jiva Goswami says, at that point she will speak this verse with hatred and humility. Describing, he has a smile, crooked brows, crooked smile, everything in Krishna is crooked. Tribanga Lalita. He's crooked in three places, but actually, Sri in this moment will say, everything about him is crooked. Eyebrows, smile, feet, heart, mind, psychology. Everything is crooked, and everything is full of kapata. Kapata means charm. Therefore, no woman is unavailable to him. All ladies are captured by his bait. <laughs> or, again, he's available. Another idea is not only women are available to him, but he is available to all women, heaven, earth, and lower planets. So this is another possibility. Ladies are charmed by him and available, but he also makes himself available to enjoy with all these ladies. So by this, Jiva Goswami says, Sri shows envy, which again, for Sadaka is the most unbecoming thing <laughs> to embrace. But here we find, oh, envy can find its place in the Lila. It's becoming. And Shirada's conclusion here is, <coughs> ultimately, Krishna is, he cannot be controlled. That's his nature. He's too crooked, and, and, and we have been captured by him. Like, like, like the gopis say in the Gopi Gita, you may recall when we studied this, Prahasitam Priya Prima Bhikshanam Biharanam Chate Dhyanamangalam Rahasisam Vido Prisa with his smile, he captured us. With his loving glances, he captured us. With his confidential secret conversation, he touched our heart. But all that was in the context of cheating, and now we are suffering in misery so much and separation from him. But again, with this, they are expressing how much they love him, how much they long for him, how much they need his presence so they can express their whole identity in service to him because that's what they who they are their identities here are only the identities of service to krishna so without krishna they have no no sense of identity no life basically so then shirada continues according to Srila jiva goswami Prabhupada. people define good qualities of krishna's body in terms of the illusion created by his smile eyebrows and other features so when people glorify Krishna's body, that will be in terms of how magic they are, how much they capture one, how much they charm one, how much they cheat one. 
but in his in Krishna's mind there is only the power of illusion. He's a great magician. But we are saying this out of compassion, Sri says according to Sri Jiva, not out of hatred. Like implying she's speaking to the bumblebee. So you should go back to Mathura and instruct all these ladies that are charmed by him now about his real nature, about what's going to happen in the near future. And she gives the, the famous analogy, a person who has been pierced by a thorn can prevent others from be, being pierced. So we have been pierced by his thorn, by the thorn of his flute, by the thorn of his sides, by the arrows of his glances and eyebrows. So we know how does it feel and how does it feel when he's no longer there. So you should go and tell that to, to the ladies in Matura because they will follow the same similar fate. And a person, the point is, you should be empathic. We are empathic. A person who is not troubled by others' pain may not do anything about that. And such a person will be himself, herself, a thorn. <laughs> she rather says according to Sri Jiva. If I've been pierced by a thorn and I'm not concerned about others being pierced by a thorn and I do not share advice, I'm a thorn. But we are compassionate that we are trying to give good advice to you and to the ladies there. So again, we see how this particular expression takes place in the context of Parakiyabhav. The point is, every single type of love for Krishna will express itself in, in certain particular words and expressions in union, in separation. Sri Radha in union with Krishna will say another type of things in another language. In separation, that will be something different. In, in her parakia, someone in Sokia or someone in Batsalia, they will be in separation of Krishna. They will express their separation in particular terms, in particular moods, in union in particular terms. So in Sakya, the same. So it's important that gradually we get acquainted with this and understand what's the language behind each rasa, behind each mood. Every devotee in their particular bhava will express their unique emotion in union or in separation with very unique words that cannot be equal or compared with the other devotees in other rasas. So it's important to understand that, to not mistake them or feel, oh, they love Krishna in separation, but the gopis, I don't know, are insulting him so they do not love him that much. Or no, no, that's expressing in the particular context of romantic love, indirect language, parokshabad, vyanjanabriti, whatever name you want to, to give, implied meanings that you need to go beyond the surface and apparent meaning of it. So here Shurad is again expressing how charming Krishna is. As we know, he's so charming that he himself becomes charmed with his his, his own reflection on a pillar, on, on an emerald pillar or some mirror. So what to speak? Other people. Remember in the Benu Gita, well, we didn't study Benu Gita in English, but you may know the section. And there it is described not only the heavenly damsels, Become, become charmed by Krishna's flute, but even her, their, uh, their husbands, the devas, start to develop feminine sensibilities by hearing the flute. So the devis are concerned, oh, what if my husband knows that I'm feeling so attracted by Krishna, but the devas are thinking, oh, what if my wife knows that I'm developing feminine sensibilities toward Krishna? <laughs> so that, yes, everyone is being attracted to him because he is, of course, the all-attractive. So Srila Jiva Goswami continues saying that with sarcasm, pride, hatred and misery it's Sri Radha saying here in this verse who is not available to him? Actually whoever he desires to attract 
that person will become available to him. Even Lakshmi is obedient to him. She's serving his food dust to what to speak of us. And again, those who are miserable will praise him as the best. Uttama Shloka, but the implication according to the Jiva is persons suffering like us won't do that. We won't praise him like great personality because he's not acting as a great personality, munificent towards us. So, Shirata concludes, according to Sri Jiva's revelation, saying, Oh, be, bumblebee, you with impure intelligence. So she insults the bumblebee a little bit more. <laughs> Krishna first controls Lakshmi, or he, she doesn't say Krishna, he first controls Lakshmi in this way. He, because why? He knows by controlling, if you want to control everyone, you have to go to the main person. So he who decides to control everybody, if, if you are clever, you will go first to the main, most important personality, and everyone will follow them. So Krishna controls Lakshmi, all the other ladies will be controlled. Basically, that's the notion. Mahaprabhu converted Sarvabhoma, who was the guru of the king in Puri. That implies the, guru will, the, the king will be converted, and the whole city of Puri is converted to his creed. So similarly here, Krishna is conquering Lakshmi, according to Surada's psychology. All the remaining ladies and all the planetary systems will follow. So this is Srila Jiva Goswami's vision and contribution in connection to the partic this particular verse. Mm -hmm. So now let's continue, with your permission, with uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary, Sarartha Darshini, which also, as usual, expresses itself in the context of in-between dialogues mm, among the bumblebee, Brahma, and Sri Radha, mm, in between each, that, that give, as a result, each one of the lines of, this, of each verse. So Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Pad mentioned that hearing the buzzing of the bee, mm, the singing of the bee, Sri Radha thought that the bee was saying to her, Oh, you crest jewel of Krishna's lovers. Mm. In Mathura, Krishna is suffering from the piercing arrows of love, something similar to what previous commentators say. He spends his days and nights simply meditating on you. So he can be saved only if you become pleased. And again, this is the fact, this is true, this is what's really happening in Mathura. Not only the gopis need to be saved, but Krishna needs to be saved as much as the gopis need. So over and over again we need to remind, remember this part. So, the bumblebee comes with this notion, but Shirada disdainfully will reply to this idea in the present verse, saying, I mean, you, you tell me that Krishna is so much in need of me, but in heaven and earth, in the subterranean sphere, what women are unattainable for Krishna. He's surrounded by ladies here and there. So, who we are for him? That, that's the implication. And, and a further implication that Vishwanath shares is, Shirada will tell to the bumblebee, I know perfectly well hmm, that Krishna is, I mean, he's a Lampata, as Mahaprabhu says in the last verse of, <laughs> of Sikshastakam, in the mood of Sri Radha. Hmm. He's a womanizer, he's a playboy, and nobody knows this as Sri Radha. <laughs> so she has full right to say the so. She says, I know perfectly well Krishna is addicted to ladies. He cannot pass a single moment without the company of young woman. Hmm. If Krishna can't meet, but if Krishna for some particular reason is not able to meet any woman whatsoever in Mathura, then it is good that he meditates upon us. She speaks with some divine pride. 
and she and he tries to satisfy us by sending a messenger like you to bring us there to Mathura. Of course, the implication is we will never go there. They will never go out of Rajas, we know. So don't tell us that the woman in Mathura, who are on a, of a Kshatriya chaste, caste, sorry, will not accept a person of the cowherd birth, like Krishna, Krishna Sebaisya, the ladies in Mathura Kshatriyas, Kshatriyanis in feminine. Because again, nobody is unavailable to him in all three worlds, all three worlds. Even from other planetary systems, as, as she mentioned here, demigoddesses, the devis in heaven, the Nagapatnis in hell, all of them will give up their husbands. It's just by chance Krishna appears before them. So what to speak of the woman, of an earthly woman, woman of Mathura? Hmm? That's the point here. So for, for obtaining these ladies, actually Krishna doesn't need to depend on any Bhishmana Chakravarti Thakur said, any pious deeds, monetary payment. Hmm? Just he, he, he has to take shelter, if you will, on false pretense. Hmm? False smile, charming, deceptive, arcing of his eyebrows, and all ladies will be fully his. Hmm? And again, as a result of such a trickery, all the devis on Swarga, all other women in other sections, become the property of Krishna and no longer belong to their respective husbands. And what's the price they pay? Simply for the price of his deceptive smile. They sell themselves to him. They abandon their own husbands. So try to, to grasp, to pray, so we can grasp... <laughs> the emotional underlying background of these words, from which place she's expressing all that. Of course, only by grace we can really enter into, fully enter into these topics, but it's important somehow or other that we receive these hmm, hmm, kind portals that are extended to us through Parampara. Vishwanath continues saying that by the word kapata, hmm, kapata means deceptive, and Shirada implies here that Krishna is deceptive for so many reasons, but in this particular case, he's deceptive because after he enjoys with all these ladies in all these planetary systems, only once even, he immediately abandons them and looks for some new woman. That's his style. He's not with them for quite a long time. Of course, Krishna was with the gopis for some time, but in the subjective anurag, Sri says, as we mentioned before in previous verses, he gave us the nectar of his lips only once and abandon us, which is not true, objectively speaking, but it's true subjectively speaking. So she projects her own bhava into these other cases and saying, he does the same with every single lady. He takes them, uses them only once, and continues his journey, like a bumblebee taking pollen one flower, goes to the next. And again, what to speak of heavenly woman, even Lakshmi, by Kunta, lady, the topmost uh, the only lady, basically, in Vaikuntha, the wife of Narayan, she's worshipping the dust of Krishna's feet in order to gain his association. Not because he has, she has gained that, but she hasn't. But she's hunkering for that. Hmm? And we know that. How? Because according to the prayers of the Nagapatnis, this was so. We heard this from the mouth of Purnamasi. Hmm? Remember when Krishna was chastising, about to kill Kaliya, he didn't kill Kaliya, he chastised him, but at this point, the Nagapatnis or the wives of Kaliya's serpent appear and started to ask Krishna, please do not kill our husband. And they started to pray to him. And in the context of those prayers, one of them is when she, they mentioned 
Lakshmi wants to attain your service in Vrindavan, but she's not able to do so. She remains executing tapasya till today and so on. So here Shirada says, according to Vishwanath, according to the priests of the Nagapatnis, this is so. Lakshmi is worshipping the dust of your feet in Belvan, in Vrindavan, ex executing penance, not able to attain you. We hear all this from the mouth of Purnamasi. Therefore, how can we remain unaffected? After all, Shirada will say in full uh, identification with Dunara Lila, we are only humans. We are uncivilized, ordinary cowherd villagers, ladies. And not only humans, but we are simple cowherd women. And moreover, we are cowherd women for, from Vrindavan, which make us even more simple-minded, more naive, if you will, more innocent. <clears throat> to be human, just also something in connection to being Lakshmi. But we are not only human, we are cowherd women. And we are cowherd women from Raj. <laughs> Which again, she speaks that externally as if we are so low, so uncivilized. But of course for us, it's, the more she clarifies this, the, the higher her position is even above Lakshmi. <laughs> because indirectly she's saying, Lakshmi is worshipping the dust of his feet. In prince, he, she couldn't attain him. And of course nobody has attained Krishna as Radha has. <clears throat> So, Vishwanath uh, continues. We have something more to say. She says, he says that although these words, the, 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 the Radha's words, are full of humility, again, while interestingly that's the quality of her speech, while she may abuse Krishna and on one level express herself in, with jealousy, anger, hatred, <laughs> at the same time those words are full of humility. So that's the unique way of speech, the underlying hmm, condition, service disposition that they are made of in Braj. So Vishwanath says, although these words are full of humility, actually through the inflection of Radha's voice and the nodding of her head, they imply a jealous attitude due to pride. So interestingly, one can say, one can ask, how can Vishwanath Chakravartakur knows which is the inflection of Radha's voice? How can he see the nodding of her head? I mean, he's hearing the tone of her voice. He's seeing hmm, her nodding of her head. And in, at this point I will say, she is her hearing and she is seeing that. Because people like Vishwanath, great personalities like Shiva and Sanatan, they are members of the Lila. They are intimate, closest associates of Sri Radha. So they are serving her there. They know what's going on in each one of these verses. They are living in those verses. <laughs> So they know all these details and very gracefully they are revealing them to us. So we are so fortunate. Mm -hmm. So Vishwanath continues saying, Through the, that jealousy, Shirada is revealing her superiority to Lakshmi and to all others, to all the other ladies in all the planetary systems, in prem, in beauty, and in case compatibility with Krishna. <laughs> Interestingly. So of course Shirada has prem, Madhurya, type of prem not found even in Vaikuntha, what to speak in lower systems. The beauty of Sri Radha is impossible to compare even to that of Lakshmi. She is the real, the ultimate Lakshmi of Golok. Lakshmi Sahasra Satasam Brahmanasi Bhimanam. And she has case compatibility because she is Gopi, Krishna is a Gopa. Both are biases. So there is case compatibility. It's better for getting together than being whatever. A Brahmin lady and the wife of Narayan and all these other weird designations like Nagapatnis or... Devis, that's not compatible, so compatible as being 
of the same species, if you will. So Sri Radha is implying all this by her words. <clears throat> Vishwanath continues saying that Sri Radha implies in, in her jealousy, humble jealousy, if you will, that Krishna is such a cheater hmm, that he has even attracted the chaste wife of Narayan. I mean, if you are a cheater, you can attract many people, but if you even get to attract, attract the topmost chaste lady in the whole system of creation and beyond, Lakshmi, wow, you deserve the, the ultimate title, topmost cheater, Maha Kaitava, Maha Kapata. <laughs> and again, Lakshmi wanted to join Rasalila, hmm, and she accepted to be maid servant, wanted to accept maid service for, for to, to Krishna, offering that, and leaving the glorious position of being the servant of Narayan in Vaikuntha. So if they point the implication, one of the implications of Sri Radha here is if the topmost lady, the topmost chaste lady, became attracted to him, what to speak of every other lady? Every lady and every person will be attracted to him. Therefore, the implication is, our attraction from our birth to Krishna is, just, is therefore totally justified. Even though our love is forbidden, is secret, is parakia, is not approved by the social dynamics of the village, we see that everyone is attracted to him. <laughs> not only us, I mean everyone, even the devis, the devas, develop some feminine sensibility, the inanimate objects, Lakshmi herself. So why we cannot be attracted to him? It's perfectly justified. So in the context of the secret forbidden love, she expressed this sensibility as well. And then Vishwanath has to say something more in connection to the last line of this verse, which implies the word Uttama Shloka. So according to him, Sri continued saying, One is called Uttama Shloka if he is merciful to the wretched and fallen. That's why he will be praised with the topmost poetry by his kindness. But since Krishna lacks this quality, that name is falsely ascribed to him. The same thing that other Acharyas mentioned. If Krishna will be, will be merciful to me, Shirad implies here, then he will actually deserve this exact, exalted name. In other words, we, in, according to Vishwanath, Radha is subtly abusing Krishna by addressing him as Sutta Mashlok, even though the name is he who is praised with the topmost poetry, the context in which it is, it is expressed implies something else. And so Radha is implying with the above, if you really, Krishna, want to maintain your name of Uttama Shloka, I imagine you must be considerably attached to be called as such, to be known as he who is praised by the top most exalted verses. For sure you want to maintain, to keep that name with you. Then you have to honor, to make justice to that name. That means you have to direct your grace to, the, to a pitiful person. Or, or even more, you have to direct your topmost grace to the lower and most wretched person. Who is that person? Me, will say Sri Radha. Namu Mahabadanya. Mahabadanya means the most merciful person, giving the highest thing even to the lowest. So, similar context here. Krishna is called sometimes Patita Pavan or Dinabandhu, the friend of the afflicted, the, the, the redeemer of the fallen. So Sri Radha in her humility and in her neediness, nobody's as needy as her in this particular moment in separation from Krishna. And she will say, if you want to keep that name, you have to show me your grace, which means come back to me, come back to us. And sometimes devotees will pray to Krishna, your name is the deliverer of the fallen, so if you want to keep that name, you have to show me your mercy because there is nobody as fallen as me. 
of course, you have to really walk the talk <laughs> for that prayer to be effective. But that trick, divine trick, is there. So similarly, Shirad is saying here something like this. You are known as Utama Shlok. If you want to keep that name, you have to act. You walk the talk. You act in such a way to deserve such a name. That means show your mercy to the ones in need. And nobody is as needy as Shirad in this particular moment, as we know. That's why Bhaktinotakur has said, I want to die in Kurukshetra, some similar situation. Shirad is there with Krishna but cannot join him as she will like. So she's in such a needy position, situation, that my service will be much more required there. A more highest remuneration in the form of further service will come. So, which is the type of Chitrajalpa present in this verse, expressed by Shirad? Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur will mention that Shirada's speech expressing all the feelings of a disappointed lover, as we mentioned, Kalahantara, indicates an intensity of love for Sri Krishna surpassing even that of Lakshmi. So again, all the things by properly being properly understood only speak about how much Radha loves Krishna. Even though it may seem she's insulting him, she's hating him, actually she's showing, if you have the proper eyes to see, how her love is even higher than Lakshmi. So Vishwanath says in the first half of the verse, Shirada accuses Krishna of being a cheater by citing his attraction to a woman, therefore showing his deception with malicious abuse. <laughs> the third line expresses Radha's jealousy filled with pride, and in the last line, Radha finds fault with Krishna's behavior due to her indignation. So in this way, our Acharyas have analyzed each of these verses, each line by line, and saying, in this line she's expressing this emotion. In this other line, she's expressing this emotion. In this other line, she's expressing this emotion. And all of them properly combined give us a result, this particular type of Chitrajalpa. That's how they reached their conclusion. And in this case, this verse con contains a type of Chitrajalpa call called Ujalpa, known as Ujalpa. And it is described as Sila Rupa Goswami in Ujbal Nilamani. Ujalpa means, he says, the wise say that Ujalpa is abusing Krishna with indignation for his deception through jealousy and pride. Mm -hmm. So we see some of these qualities are in the other types of Chitrajalpa, but not in the same degree, not combined with other, the same other qualities. So it's like a preparation. You have different spices and ingredients, and you can use the same ingredients for other preparations, but according to how you combine them, the preparation will have a different name will be a different preparation altogether. So similar to the different types of Chitrajalpa. So, as we were started to do the last meeting also, I would like to share with you the poetic version of this verse. Of course, it's poetic in the original Bengali. I will share just the English translation of it. Sorry, I didn't have time to poeticize that, and I do not have the capacity for that. That Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada shares of this particular verse as a way of making full circle and making some recap of the original version. So according to Srila Prabhupada, Bhaktisiddhanta Srirada says to the bumblebee, <clears throat> O collector of honey, Krishna Chandra must be very, dis very much disturbed when remembering gopis and afflicted by sorrow for our amorous pastimes. Therefore, he has sent you as a messenger to satisfy me. Do not speak such talks within my hearing. I can say that all ladies that are there at the heavenly, mortal and lower planets 
are easily available to Krishna. When Lakshmi sees Krishna's eyebrows and his falsely attractive smile, she immediately serves him, and we are ordinary in comparison with her. Yet, although Krishna is a cheater, he all of a sudden becomes liberal. Tell him, who is merciful to the poor, that he is known by the name Uttamashlok. So, it's important to enter into the mood of how romantic love is expressed in separation. When she is saying, tell him who is merciful to the poor that he is known by the name of Tamash Logmas, remind him about the implications of his name and how he should make justice to that name by coming to us. Again, they are not saying directly, tell him to come to us in, in this verse, but she is saying that indirectly. So, again, interestingly we find this unique language in Braj, where God is abused, but at the same time, the highest love is being expressed, where he's called a, a cheater and a liar. Interestingly, in generally speaking, and give me some minutes, please bear with me for some conclusive, conclusive words that I would like to share today. Krishna is generally known as Bhagavan in the scripture. Hmm? So many verses. He's the supreme. His truth itself, the ultimate truth, everything in him is satya, is truth. There is one very famous verse from the personified Vedas, second chapter of 10th canto, that they will refer to Krishna like satya bratam, satya paramtri, satyam, satya sya, jonin nihitam, satya. Satya, 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 Satya. The word Satya appears like ten times in that verse. Like implying, all in you, all Bhagavan, Sri Hari, Krishna, is true, 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 true. Mm. That's one thing. <laughs> That's laying the foundation. Mm. Ashwarya like foundation for entering into the Bhav, into the Ras, in the Lila of Ras. In Braj Nova, we see they are not saying this. They are not saying Krishna is true, 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 truthful. They are saying he's a cheater, he's a liar, he's a womanizer. Mm. The Gopis are saying that here, Kapata, Kaitava. Nanda Maharaj says similarly before when Uddhava was trying to convince him, you love God, he's not God, Nanda says, he lies, he steals. And Nanda doesn't know about his womanizer side. <laughs> the gopis know from tip to toe all the sides of Krishna. <laughs> so interestingly, again, this person that is known around the world as truth itself is being called exactly in the opposite terms here in Braj. But again, as we mentioned, Krishna relishes these words more than any other form of praise. He has no ears for the hymns of the Vedas that call him as true satya and so on, as he has for the words of the Brajavasis. And why this is so? Once I read one nice quote, I think it's from Jack Hall in one book he wrote about Brindavan in the context of divine dramas. And he said, if I'm not mistaken, he said, like, Brindavan is a place where every advantage of hierarchy is sacrifice to the joys of intimacy, where insult tastes, tastes better than the most extravagant praise because they are offered so unselfconsciously. So whatever transpires in Braj comes out from self-forgetfulness in divine love. So whatever represents some distancing, some hierarchy, some gap between Krishna and them, they will destroy that by the force of their intimacy. And Krishna is so much captured by that, so much attracted. He cannot put a step outside of Braj, as we know, essentially. So we found this in Braj. In Braj, the language is not philosophy, in one sense, not Tattva Siddhanta, although 
Braj is showing the ultimate converging point of learning Tattva and Siddhanta, but the real language in Braj is empathy, we could say, beyond philosophy. And here I would like to share some words connected to this idea in connection to Mahaprabhu, in connection to Gaur Lila, and the connection of Gaur Lila with Brahma Gita. So I may extend myself a few minutes more than usual today, bear with me. <laughs> but in Braj, the language is not philosophy, again, it's empathy. And Mahaprabhu, Krishna's Mahaprabhu, Krishna's Gaur, especially as a sannyas in this Boma Lila, he's doing that. What is he doing? Krishna's as a sannyasi, he's giving up all that Sri Radha gave up, all that the gopis gave up for his love. Similarly, like empathic, empathic love. Like if you have, no, no, you know someone who has cancer, you want to accompany that person in his her process, so that person will lose her hair, and you will shave your hair as well to accompany. You will use the same clothes in the hospital, you will eat the same food. So similarly, Krishna with Radha here, as Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu could be called the empathic God. One devotee once called like that, I like that idea. Mahaprabhu being the empathic God. Krishna wanted to experience what Shirada has to go through by loving him. In every single sense, with all its implications, but especially in this connection point of Viraha, Vipralamba, separation. So this Radha Viraha, the separation of Shirada, is so desirable for Krishna that Krishna himself appears in a whole different form and lila to taste this Radha Viraha as Mahaprabhu. As Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu is Krishna tasting Radha Bhav, but especially and more constantly he's tasting Vipralamba Bhav. Radha in separation from Krishna, especially in Puri, as we know in Jagannath Puri, which is also called as Vipralambakshetra, the field for culturing separation. So let, there is a whole interesting parallel that I would like to close this session with in connection to Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi, being empathic with Radha's separation in the Gambira, Gore in the Gambira, and Brahmar Gita. There is a very deep connection between the two, and I think it's important for us as Gaudiya Vaishnavas to establish this connection and to see the parallels between one Lila and the other. So there is a deep connection between Mahaprabhu in the Gambira and Brahma Gita. Actually, many Acharyas consider this Brahma Gita, this chapter of the Bhagavatam, as the most important chapter of the whole Bhagavatam. Of course, we could say about the same thing about different chapters for different reasons. At the same way, you can say every member of the Panchatattva is the most important for this or for that. We could say something similar with many chapters of the Bhagavad. But there is, we can make a case for the Brahma Gita being the most important chapter of the whole Srimad Bhagavatam. Because why? Because it fully corresponds with the mood of Sri Chaitanya in the Gambira. In these last 12 years, when he's immersed deeply into tasting Radha Bhav in separation. So if they, if these two correspond to ma, so much, and I will share with you some quotes that confirm this from Chaitanya Charitamrita, we should say, we should conclude, okay, if they are so close to each other, if I do not understand Brahma Gita, I won't understand Mahaprabhu, basically, in one sense. And if I do not, under, of course, we could say also, if I do not understand Mahaprabhu, I won't understand Brahma Gita. So the two are intimately connected. So let me share with you four verses from Chaitanya Charitamrita, which show this. They appear in the Antelila, fourth chapter, and this is verses 12 to 15. So they say like this. Krishna Dakaviraj Goswami Mahasai is saying, when Sri Chaitanya Dev felt separation from Krishna, all this is in the context of the Gambira in Puri. 
when he felt separation from Krishna in the mood of wrath, his condition exactly corresponded to that of the gopis in Vrindavan after Krishna's departure from Mathura. So still he's not saying Radha in the Brahma Gita, but gopis in Braj after Krishna went to Mathura, that could be something else, but now he will get more specific. The lamentation of Sri Radha when Uddhav visited Vrindavan gradually became a feature of Sri Chaitanya Dev's transcendental madness. So now we are getting more specific. The lamentation of Radha in front of Uddhav refers to Brahma Gita. That's the section. Sri Chaitanya's emotions exactly corresponded to those of Sri Radha when she met Uddhava. So now it becomes even more specific. Before he said, those, the lamentation of Sri Radha gradually became a feature of Sriman Mahaprabhu. But now she's saying, he's saying, the emotions of Mahaprabhu exactly corresponded to those of Sri Radha when she met Uddhava, that means Brahma Gita. So here he's establishing a full parallel between Mahaprabhu in the Gambira and Brahma Gita. And he continues saying, Srimad Mahaprabhu always conceived of himself in her position and sometimes, sometimes thought that he was Sri Radha herself. So different levels of engrossment in the experience of Radha Bhav. Such is the state of transcendental madness. Why is this difficult to understand? When one, is, when one is highly elevated in love of Krishna, he becomes transcendentally mad and talks like a madman, which is, of course, Dibyan Mad and Chitra Jalpa, what we are referring to here in the Brahma Gita, and we find the same mad talks through the mouth of Mahaprabhu in the Gambira. So again, why Mahaprabhu's condition corresponded exactly with Sri Radha? Of course, we can say, yeah, it corresponds. We, we have established that, but why? Because, again, as we mentioned, he has to repay his debt to the gopis. This is Krishna trying to do many things, and one of them, pay his debt of love to the gopis, and especially to Sri Radha. So the gopis renounced everything, became forest woman, got detached from everything in this world, from family, and so on. So Krishna's gore is leaving everything in Nadia for them. As Krishna, he was not able to do so. He cannot leave every one of his devotees, his dear most, for them. But as Gaur in the Nadia Lila, in the Puri Lila, sorry, he's leaving everyone in Nadia for them. He's accepting sannyas, and he's leaving Navadvip and entering the Gambira, entering Puri, trying to go through that type of divine detachment in love. So this has to do with the internal purpose for Mahaprabhu's sannyas. In an external sense, we can say, yeah, Mahaprabhu's sannyas is for receiving attention and respect from the society, so he can establish the Yuga Dharma, blah, blah, blah. But there's also, again, a connection with the inner purpose for Mahaprabhu's descent to his sannyas as well. So again, we know that the gopis before told to Uddhav, Krishna sent you here to Braj because of Krishna's parents, not because of us. And they say that even to sannyasis it is difficult to abandon their family, but Krishna abandoned us all. But we see that Krishna as Mahaprabhu, he demonstrated and he clarified this topic. He demonstrated how much he loves the gopis, how much he loves Hirada. By abandoning his own mother, Sachi Devi, by abandoning his own wife, Vishnupriya, which in this case Vishnupriya represents the mature ladies. So Krishna is leaving all these mature ladies for the Braja Gopikas and, 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 and demonstrating by this how the love of the Braja Sundaris is higher even to the love of Krishna's own mother, objectively speaking. 
So again, we see Mahaprabhu as Krishna. Sorry, Krishna is Mahaprabhu. He's not a mamachari, what we will say. <laughs> but he's living. Even his own mother, his own wife, everything, everyone in Nadia, accepting sannyasan, going through this experience. So he left his parents to reciprocate with the gopis. By he himself leaving his parents as a sannyasi. Lochandas Thakur calls this type of renunciation, this sannyas of Mahaprabhu, understanding its inner meaning as Adbhuta Sannyas. His Chaitanya Mangal. Adbhuta means wonderful, astonishing sannyas. I mean, it's not only sannyas, sannyas already may be astonishing for most, maybe a little bit scary even. <laughs> but in this particular case, he qualifies that as Adbhuta Sannyas. It's unique. All the implications and the underlying background connected to the main purpose of Mahaprabhu's descent. So he, <clears throat> Mahaprabhu, to demonstrate his love for Shirat, did not only accept sannyasas, we know. He went to Puri and then we could say he opened a school of love. He opened the University of Brajaprem in Sri, Sri Puri Dham. The director of this university is Radhavhav, who makes Krishna dances, we know. Amishisya Guru Nad, Radhikar Premanmad. The first student in the university is Mahaprabhu himself, and the tutors there, the professors, are Swarup Damodar and Ramananda Rai, who will join Mahaprabhu in the Gambir, as we know. Swarup Damodar invoking proper songs to nourish the mood of Mahaprabhu, Ramananda Rai invoking proper harikata, proper verses. So this is an important point also for us sadhakas. Kirtan and harikata, songs and verses, the two of them are important and need to combine each other. They're intertwined. We cannot separate Kirtan from Harikata. That's an important point. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur made this point also once. He said, in the same way we cannot separate Krishna from Sri Radha, <coughs> we cannot separate Kirtan <coughs> from Harikata. Kirtan has to do with Nam, and Nam has to do with Krishna. Abhinatvam Nam Namino. So Krishna is Nam, and Harikata has to do with Sri Radha, who has the topmost capacity of glorifying Krishna, praising Hari, as we are seeing here. <laughs> so the same way you cannot separate Radha from Krishna, you cannot separate Kirtan from Harikata. So in this way, Mahaprabhu, in <clears throat> his Gambira Lila, instructing us about the type of Kirtan that we have to engage in to attain Braj, to attain the experience of Braj. Kirtan along with Harikata, not only Kirtan, and not only Harikata. Sometimes the devotees organize kirtan festivals and only do kirtan. And of course there is some benefit, but there is not full benefit. Full benefit will come with kirtan and harikata. Naturally, kirtan, we could say, for example, one takes to the other. In, 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 in Sriva Sangam, the devotees got together to speak harikata, and the harikata among themselves with Mahaprabhu became so thickened and so condensed that it started to, it started to speak about Krishna, and Krishna, 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 they only could, at one point, they only could pronounce the name of Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, and they became Kirtan. So the Harikata intensified to a point that it converged into the form of Kirtan, exploded in that way. Only the name of Krishna remained. But we could say the opposite also. After enough Kirtan, glorifying the name of Krishna, naturally came the necessity of saying something more about that, even though it's never enough what we can tell. So in this way, Harikata should take us to Kirtan, <clears throat> Kirtan should take us to Harikata in a circle way, irresistibly. Hmm? So, an important point to establish. Hmm? So, going back to the university analogy, we have these di directors, teachers, Swarupan, Ramananda, Mahaprabhu, first student, 
main textbook in this University of Prem in the Gambira, of course, is the Srimad Bhagavatam. In this important place, Gambira, where we could say the, the whole kirtan of our Sampradaya culminates, again, the converging kirtan point. So the Bhagavat is the main textbook, but there are some other important books, textbooks from the university, like Krishna Karnamrita, the poetry of Vidyapati, the poetry of Chandidas, the poetry of Ramananda himself, Ramananda Roy, and Jayadev Goswami's Gita Govinda. These five authors were especially relished by Mahaprabhu in the Gambira. Uh, so it's part of the textbooks of the university. Generally, we do not, uh, or at least most of the devotees, do not study these books in depth, or some of them. Of course, it's not forbidden. Of course, they are not also introductory. <laughs> but one reason given for that is that most of these books were actually meant for Mahaprabhu, for him to relish them. Even though the authors were born before Mahaprabhu, we, we conceive as Gaudias that these authors were inspired years before by Mahaprabhu before his own birth to write these books. So eventually he could come and relish them in the Gambira. Of course, because of that we are worshipping them and of course, eventually with proper Adhikara qualification we can also go in deep in that. So in this way, my point is Mahaprabhu in this Braja Prem University in Puri, he relished the mood of Sri Radha. And especially as I'm mentioning, which mood Sri Radha is going through in this Brahmar Gita. Even, even though he went through all the different Gitas that the Gopis relish, as, as Mahaprabhu, he tastes what the Gopis and Sri Radha taste in Gopi Gita, Pranaya Gita, and so on. Especially it is mentioned this connection with the Brahmar Gita, because this Brahmar Gita represents the height of Sri Radha's Bhava in separation. We, are, we have been explaining in other talks how in all these different Gitas, Benu Gita, Gopi Gita, Pranay Gita, Gopi Gita, Jugal Gita, Biraha Gita, the, the Bhava of the Gopi somehow or other gets augmented, growing more and more, naturally developing. So in this sense, by following this sequence, we could say that here in the Brahma Gita we found this explosion, if you will, of topmost Bhava of Sri Radha and separation. And one last thing I would like to mention before finishing, before we go to, if you have any questions. Interestingly, to further pound this post in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Das speaks, Gaur, Mahaprabhu speaks to Krishna Das Kaviraj, and Mahaprabhu, uh, there's one analogy presented there of the Kapalika Jogi. Who is a Kapalika Jogi? It's very interesting, because all this will have to do with Sri Radha's Tyag, or renunciation, and therefore Mahaprabhu's own experience. Once Sri Gorgobinda Swami mentioned that the Vajan of Mahaprabhu is a Vajan with a desire for death. So please do not share this with newcomers that come to the first for the first time to Sunday feast. <laughs> but this is where it all converges, both in Sri Radha as well as in Sri Gaur. The Vajan with a desire for death. What's my point? Sri Radha in separation from Krishna, she cannot bear her life anymore. So she will to die. Of course, she's not doing so because that will create suffering for Krishna. But similarly, Mahaprabhu, in being Krishna empathizing with her mood in, in separation, she's, he's going through this idea. He's engaged in bhajan in the Gambira with a desire for death. Hmm? <laughs> and in this connection, the analogy of the Kapalika Jogi comes. Who is a Kapalika Jogi? Kapala means skull. Hmm? So the main concern of a Kapalika Jogi is death. In, in which sense? A Kapalika Jogi is dressed in ashes, it, he's eating even from a skull, so every, at every moment death is present in his life as a reminder 
Life is about death in one way or another. <laughs> so in one sense, this is the mood of Sri Radha. Because she's in separation from Krishna, sometimes ten stages of separation are mentioned. I need to say that at this point of the Brahma Gita, only the last, the tenth last stage of separation remains for her, which is Mrityu, or death. She has gone through all the other stages. Of course, she won't die. <laughs> the story has not a, a, a sad end. <laughs> but that's an important point to understand. So why am I mentioning all this? Because we, in our... Eternal prospect, the ultimate aspiration in the service of Mahaprabhu, in Nityanavadip, in the service of Sisirada Krishna, in Golopurindavan, we want to assist them in their feelings. Ultimately, we want to fully identify with the necessity they have, the ecstatic emotional necessity Mahaprabhu has in the Lila. And Sirada, of course, this is very high, and, and many of us may be in a stage where we need to satisfy our own separate necessities, and we are trying to connect those necessities somehow with Krishna Bhakti in the context of Sangha Siddha Bhakti, sometimes we fail even in that. <laughs> so, but gradually all this should take us to identify ourselves with the need in Bhagavan and make those needs our needs and develop a whole identity out of identification with the necessity of service. So we ultimately at least, in theory, we establish our prayojan in those terms. We want to assist Mahaprabhu in his feelings, in whatever he may be feeling or Shirada in whatever she may be feeling, in this, especially in this condition of separation, Shirada in separation from Krishna. And that's why we chant Krishna now, in you ultimately. The ultimate conception of chanting Krishna now could be that, to relieve Shirada, for example, someone who is a Manjari Bhavu Pasaka, who aspires to serve, or, or, or Priyanarma Saku Pasaka will chant Radhanam to Krishna in separation, trying to save their life, because they are so much in need of meeting with each other. <clears throat> so, for example, for someone who aspires for Manjari Bhav, he will chant or she will chant uh, the Mahamanta, Hare Krishna Ram, and for that person, those three words are names of Krishna that he, she is chanting to Sri Radha to relieve her of her separation from Krishna and keep her alive. So, in this way, the respective associates of Sri Radha, of Sri Krishna, of Sri Gaur, they are trying to serve their life in separation. That's the emotional intensity implied in Lila. That's the land we want to enter. So please do not tell me, do not tell to anyone, oh, I didn't know that it was like this when you are there. I want to leave this place. Of course, that won't happen. You never reach there <laughs> with that attitude. But the point is, we need to gradually, at least in theory, get familiar with the dynamics there and what's, what will be the requested from us. What's, and, 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 and we should be voluntarily choosing that. So... On a daily basis, they will be about to die in separation from each other. And we as their servants, an advanced sadaka will chant and will hunker in this particular spirit. Trying to serve in, the, in, the, in their yoga of separation. Interestingly, <laughs> in this yoga of desperation, lamentation. All this, in one sense, begins very basically in the Bhagavad Gita. We could say the very first chapter of Gita, which Shamananda was explaining recently, Vishada Yoga, or the Yoga of Distress, Despair, somehow or other, indirectly, if we play out the implications of what doesn't mean Yoga of Despair, Vishada Yoga, all this converges ultimately in this Brahma Gita, <laughs> in, in, in the Bilap, in the lamentation of Sri Radha here. So we need, of course, to take the necessary time to ruminate and on, on all this, punas punas charbita charbonanam. Prahlad Maharaj said this in the Bhagavatam. While referring to material life, you are chewing that thing that has been chewed by others. But we can take that idea and apply that to 
Hari Katan hearing from Parampara. We are hearing from the sadhus who have already been chewing, ruminating on these ideas from what they heard from their own sadhus and we need to do the same thing as members of the Sampradaya, members of the Parampara. Continue to ruminate and, and, and extract some new insight that will come as our own unique contribution to the world and the lineage by the mercy of Bhagavad Purana, Sri Guru, Vaishnavas. So some ideas I wanted to share today with you. Sorry if I extended myself a little bit now at the end, but I wanted to, to elaborate a little bit on this connection between Gaur Lila, especially Mahaprabhu in the Gambira, and the experience of Brahma Gita, the experience of Sri Radha and separation. So we have some few minutes. If someone has any question, I have just now given the option for you who would like to present it. Okay, seems today all of you are speechless, like Udav must be at this point while hearing <laughs> all these words by Sri Radha, so it's okay, you are justified, and you are maybe ruminating all that we have heard, and we have our whole eternity to continue pondering and ruminating on this and ending topic. So, thank you so much for your time, for your presence, for your patience and your attention, and hope to see you very soon, and we, of course, conclude our series our lecture today, as usual, by invoking the Pranam Mantra that Udav himself invokes when he leaves Braj, uh, glorifying the power of the dust of the feet of the Braj Gopikas, perpetually offering his Pranam to that, whose Kirtan hmm, has the potential of purifying every living entity on all the trees, this planetary system. So we pray also to be just sprinkled and touched by one particle, one foot speck dust <laughs> drop of that powerful kirtan and make our life successful. Vandinanda Brajastrinam Padarenuna Bhikshnasa Jasam Harikatod Gitam Punati Bhuvanatram Srila Gurudev Ki Jai Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Sri Brahma Gita Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrind Ki Jai Gaur Premanand Haribo